All right, so here we go. This is a totally different Sunday, okay? Uh, and I see a lot of visitors here. I put it in the email. I put it in everywhere to tell you that this is going to be a different kind of Sunday. And sure enough, we always have visitors, but we've got a lot of visitors. I really want to thank you guys for coming. It's lovely to see you. It's going to be a good Sunday. Hang in there. But there is something that we're doing that's very much family today, okay? And we're going to be talking about money some. And so I just want to apologize right now for that, okay? This isn't something we do a lot, but this is something we're doing today. And I tried to warn everybody. So there you go. All right, that's why a lot of people aren't sitting here right now today, because whenever I do that, people don't come, okay? So, but having said that, this is an important day, and we're going to do something important. Now, what we've been doing since Labor Day is Reset, and what, we, what Reset is all about is the foundations. It's saying that we need to have solid foundations from which we can build everything that God wants to do, but you got to have solid foundations, Right? So we've been looking at that from everything from the very practical, physical, like the building, to going across the spectrum to the spiritual, like theology and, and just the, the things that we know and why we know them and how we know them and how well we know them and our intimacy with him. And we've been doing this all the way across. And I want to say something about the things of God. They always have a physical, this world practical, along with a transcendent, incredibly important spiritual. There's always this range in everything. And so what we're doing with Reset is we're trying to set the foundation on every level. The last two weeks have been extraordinary. This whole time has been extraordinary, what the Lord's been doing in terms of shoring up, setting foundations. Today, we're going to the practical, physical thing, but for a deeply spiritual reason. And the thing that we're going after is the building. Now, when I first talked about Reset on Labor Day, I, the thing that I did then was, as I said, the building is two things at once. It's a real issue, but it also stands as a great metaphor. Now, what does that mean exactly? Well, I want you to think about how Lake Sam does things. Because I want you to know who your church is, and we understand that there's, there's, you know, as God is resetting, there's a lot of different things that are happening. But I just want you to watch this. Here's who Lake Sam is. We do things with this building that I've never, son, I've never seen done with any other building ever. And I've always been very aggressive on it, and I've never seen any, I've never seen me do the kind of things that we do in this building. I just want you to hear some of the things. Right after we finish service today, within an hour, the Korean church will start in the chapel. As they're going, the Belarusian church will come in here, the light to the world, and they will hold their service. While they're going, the Koreans will leave and an uh, Indian church will come in to the chapel. As they're going, the Belarusians, light to the world, will leave and the, the Hispanic church will come into this, this room right here. And we will get from early in the morning till late at night, we will get the gospel being spread from this building to people in the hundreds and hundreds magnified and in exactly what this community has become because this community is now what we call a minority majority. And what that means is the ethnic populations now outweigh the population that was the majority here, which is white, right? That's what Bellevue was. And now it is more minority than it is that. 
And this is wonderful. People are coming from around the world. They're coming from every different language and tongue and so on. God is bringing people in and the gospel is being preached here. And here's a very important point about that. Every one of those churches that's in this building could not be in Bellevue were it not for you. They couldn't be here. There's no way they could afford their own space. There's just not the kind of money in their communities and there's not any facilities to be had. Okay, the economy is booming, as you know, and things are filled up, and this whole area is under redevelopment. They could never afford to be here. So what we do is, is we, we don't charge them everything we could charge them, but we do charge. And the fact is, is that by everybody coming in together, we end up them being able to be here and to spread the gospel like they do. And it's not just on Sundays, it goes on. But now that's just one thing we do, we had a Chinese church, too, by the way, too, that just left, and now we're thinking of bringing in a Sri Lanka church. So we're always, we're going we're gonna to put as many churches in here as we possibly can. We don't care what day they meet. We don't care what they're doing, and they do it throughout the week and everything else. This is what we believe in. We want to spread the gospel in our community. Right across the street, 60 languages are spoken. We want to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ to everybody. There you go. Now, that's what we do on that level, but that's just scratching the surface of what this building does. Do you realize that during the week, upstairs in all the rooms that are up there, there is an, a school that, that administers to autistic people with auti autism in the family? So they're dealing with how to mainstream and how to work with and help these kids and do all this kind of stuff, and that goes on all the time. I love them. They've been there for years. I love what they do. Downstairs are a number of different schools, mostly Montessori schools, more than one, and they are ministering to the incredible influx of people that are coming in, getting jobs at Microsoft and the tech companies and that kind of thing, and they're coming from other countries with kids. And so there's an explosion of kids in this area because of this. You saw Stevenson and how they've just been, how they've been built, and the fact is that's a much larger school than it was before, and they're still gonna be crowded. That's how many kids are coming into this neighborhood. So we're meeting that need. That's a need in the community. And so we've got schools here that are ministering, that are working with, that are being part of those kids' lives, right? But then it, there's just so much more. We've had the whole Bellevue Homeschool in here before. We have right now the Canzione Music Institute, which is a Spanish-speaking music school where they do a really great job. I mean, we're talking... You know, they really make these kids great at bands and getting together and their musicianship and so on. All that kind of stuff. We have a ballet studio. Did you know that? We have a ballet studio downstairs where, where one of the principals from uh, Northwest Ballet is teaching kids. We had they, had, they moved out just recently, but we had from the government, we had a counseling institute, which we had to not talk about when, when they were here, because it was um, a social service to abused women that speak Spanish. And so we had that in this building, and we've had just school after school and, and all of these kinds of things. This building... If you're around here, you know something about this building. It gets used six days or seven days a week, 16 hours a day. It closes down somewhere around 11 to 12 o'clock at night, sometimes later, and it opens up about seven o'clock in the morning. And other than that, it is full every single day, and we're always looking at how we can even do more. Always. That's one of the things that Julie does, and she's got anointed, and God does miracles through her on that. But, okay, so now it doesn't even stop there. 
You do know that we have a food pantry back here that is gleaning from Whole Foods, from Trader Joe's, from QFC, from Top Pot, from <laughs> Dickies, from, I paused on Top Pot, okay. And, and from um, Safeway. Safeway and, and all, Starbucks, all of these places. And there's incredible food, huge amounts of food go through here. And it feeds all kinds of people all over the community, not just of the people that come here for church, but all kinds of people are, are accessing that. And it's helping to feed people all over. It goes deeper than that. I don't, is Chris Maddox here this morning? She was. Oh, there she is. Yeah. Okay, so I've never seen a church our size have this person on staff, never. But Chris Maddox is here to meet the needs of people in our community. That she is paid, and the very few people we have on staff, we have a person whose job 100% of the time is meet the needs of people in this community. In church, out of church, doesn't matter. We have remodeled homes. We have uh, redone entire front yards and gardening and all that kind of stuff. We have helped thousands of people in their finances, not just giving them money, but also John Y will come along beside somebody and teach them how to do budgets, teach them how to get control of the finances and so on. There's all kinds of stuff that this body does to help people. And it's not just Chris that does that. We actually have one and a half full-time people because the other person who works half-time at this is Julie. Julie doesn't just run the building and get all the tenants in here. The other thing that she does is we have a large AA community in the area. And Julie, through the facilities and through other things, really manages this tremendous outreach to people that are, that are through rehab and, and wanting to stay clean and get sober. And, and of course, Christ is, a, is the best way, in my opinion, to really get your life completely transformed. And there's lots of stuff that happens in that ministry. There's so much, some of which we can't obviously talk about. But this church puts people through rehab all the time and then helps them on the other side. And there's a bunch of people that do it in here. So even then, I'm still not getting to the depths of what we do, but here's the point that I want you to see. We come here and we're here, you know, on Sunday mornings and we're here on Wednesday evenings. And then there's other things that'll happen through the week, Bible studies and, and the women's Bible studies and all this kind of stuff. And, and by the way, there's other, other churches and organizations, uh, Youth, with a, uh, Youth for Christ uh, does a thing from the junior high that's over here. Community Bible study does theirs here. So uh, there's just... We use this building phenomenally, and here's what I want to say. This is, what we, this is what we said when we first bought this building. We were not a congregation that was going to fill this up when we first moved here, but we said that's not the point. What we're going to do is, is we're going to use this building as a community center. We're going to facilitate ministries being able to be here, helps being able to be in Bellevue, because even though it's a wealthy community, there's a lot of need, and we're going to help meet that need. There's an old saying that says this, if your church disappeared tomorrow, would anybody notice? More than any church I've ever been involved with, that's true here, particularly given our size. It is unbelievable the multiplied impact that this church has on our community. It is amazing. We literally have judges referring people to our church because of what we do with people that have their community hours need to be met and they know that we're a safe place and a place that's really gonna help the people that come in that do that. So this is what we do. This is who we are. 
And this is who we mean to be. Now, what I want to show you is we have done tremendous amounts of maintenance in this building. We spend a lot of money on maintenance every year. Maintenance people and actual maintenance projects. We do a lot of maintenance here. But when you're using the building as heavily as we do, it's hard to keep up with it. It just becomes difficult to stay ahead of the game. And I, I suppose it's accurate to say that I have a fault here, but it's one of those faults when they say, you know, in a job interview, they say, what's your fault? And you say, well, I probably work too hard. So, you know what I mean? But a fault is, is and I do think it's actually a fault, that we're correcting in council, by the way, is that it is so hard to keep up that we have it. And I want to say, that's me. Council knows, and anybody that knows that spends money here, if we have something that we need to do that's going to cost us a lot of money on the physical plant, I just am very, 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 very hesitant to do that because I'm incredibly frugal about that money. By the way, that money does not come from you, your tithe. Your tithe all goes into ministry only because the business that we do in this church with all those tenants, you add it all up, and our mortgage is about half of what we bring in. And the other half goes to all our utilities, a lot of maintenance, a lot of other things, and it's now kicking money back into the ministry so from the building. So the church doesn't pay for any of this, but even then, I'm just very, very, it's hard to get a dollar out of me to fix a building when we could be spending it on a person. That's just how I am. Now, I don't think that's a bad thing, but it has caused us a little bit of a problem lately. Look down at the carpet. It just probably shouldn't look like that. It does, and that's because we use it and we don't have a problem with anybody bringing coffee in here because it just seems better to do it that way. But you catch the drift. There is this thing that happens is, it's, that's super expensive to do the carpet, so I never want to do the carpet until I get all the chairs out of here and I look at it and I go, God, don't these people know better? <laughs> that's what I say. I'm like, you know, and think about that for just a second. Think about that statement. There are people, you know, you can't ever, you only get one try to make a first impression. You don't get a second chance at a first impression. And if people come in and what you say that you do is take care of people, but you can't take care of your building, it communicates. And this is something that's been communicating a little bit more than I think it should be. I'm always going to be on the side where it, we're never going to make this building look overly nice, if I can put it that way. There's never going to be a gold faucet in any restroom. Okay? And not even anything close to that. But there is, there is and there does need to be a thing where people are proud of their building and not in an ungodly fashion, but because they're saying these people know what to do and they know how to do it and they do it well. And they make sure that the things that need to get done get done. Right? In AA, there's a principle. If you can't keep care of a plant, you probably can't take care of yourself. So you start with something simple and small and you do a good job. And as you can do a good job with that, then you move on to the next thing. And then you move on to the next thing until you get to where you can genuinely take care of things and do right by them. Now I want you to know something and I've already brought it up, but I want you to understand something. What we're talking about today is bringing this facility back up to speed and we're talking about money and we're talking about raising money and that's what I'm talking to you about. And again, if you're visiting, this is not something that we do very often, but we're doing it today 
I tried to give fair warning, and I love having you here, and I think by the time we're done, I think you're going to see a church acting in a very healthy manner, and I hope that that blesses you. But what I want to say is, is I want you to think for a second. This is a, no, let me do this first. Think about the building as two different things. Think about the, what we call the business building and what we call the church building. I want you to know something. Because of the business that we run here with those tenants, which is all ministry-oriented, all of it is about how to get in the community and do this, but we do take in rent or income, and that income is a lot. And with that income, we do big things. For example, we have a roof situation happening. This is an older building. Older buildings have roof situations. They all do. It's $120,000 to fix our roof. You don't pay for a dime of that. Your tithe money doesn't pay for a dime of that. And the fundraising I'm doing right now is not for that at all. That will be paid for by the business of this building because that's the category we feel it goes into. And so that's paid for by the lot sale that we're doing and by the income that we're generating. I'll give you another one. Downstairs. Because of all the children coming into this community, the government has relaxed the regulations. Our downstairs was, would have never qualified, and in two years will not qualify again, although we'll be grandfathered in now. But, in, but our, the regulations for kids are very, very strict, and they should be. But they had to relax in order that they could just get enough space because there's not enough places to put kids. There's so many coming in. So they relaxed what could be remodeled into very safe, very good space. And all of a sudden, we qualify. So we said, we're doing this because it gets us all day daycare, which is what we wanted for a long time. Let me be clear. The government is a funny thing. Because on the one hand, the government was coming to us and saying, remodel your downstairs. You want full-day daycare. We've been talking to you. You've been talking to us. Do it. Do it. We're, we're giving you regulations to be able to do it. Do this. And we said, okay, we're going to do it. And then we had to bring in their permitting people, <laughs> inspectors. And what started out to be a $100,000 job has mushroomed now into a $350,000 project. Because every person that walked in here had their little bailiwick of what was important, and it's not. Let's be clear. The things that they're asking us to do are go to the realm of unreasonable and unnecessary. But they're doing it. And there's nothing we can do about it if we want to do this. But here's the point. In this fundraiser I'm talking about with you today, you're not, not a dime of your offering or your tithe goes to any of that. That's all done by the building. And let me tell you something. When we get done with the remodel, it not only will minister to a lot more kids and families in our community in a much deeper way, but it'll bring in an additional $108,000 of income per year. That's a great investment. And I want to tell you something else. We've applied for a grant for $285,000 to help us do it because the government realized that they were telling people to do it and then they were getting hit so bad on the inspections that they were out. So you all need to be praying really hard that we get that grant because we want it because we want to pay down our debt. And the reason why we want to pay down our debt is so that we have more money that we can put into ministry, right? 
So you get it, right? I mean, we're talking practical terms here, but these are important things. But I want you to see something. The business building, there's lots more projects on the business side of things. We're spending a ton of money, but all of it is very frugal. By the way, we're using Mario Vallada. Are you in here, Mario, or is he probably doing something else right now? Is he in there, Mario? How many people know Mario Vallada? Just raise your hands if you know who he is. That's great. So you know who Mario is, because Mario is a... He's the kind of guy who was doing remodels in downtown Seattle in high-end law offices and accounting firms and so on. That's the kind of contractor he is. Now, we're not doing that kind of work. We're not bringing this up to the standards of what a law office or an accounting firm would be. But what we have is an incredibly gifted, smart, talented, experienced contractor who's doing every single dollar and every single project that we're doing in here. Thank you, God. Mario, thank you for retiring so that you could come here and work. And what he's been doing for the last several months is working really hard on getting a first bid and then figuring out how to beat that bid. And then getting another bid and then getting another bid and then getting another bid in order to drive the cost down to the bare minimum we have to do in order to do the best job. You see it? God is providing for us. The lot sale, everything else. But that's the business building. Church, I'm not asking for anything from you for this. We got it. Thank you, God. But there was something that happened as I was planning on doing everything under the business. God came to me and started talking to me about, why are you robbing from people their ownership? You can make a thing too easy, and it steals. A thing that you have to sacrifice for, a thing that you have to own. I'm not just talking about money here. Understand something. In all these projects, we're also working the angle that says, can people in this church do the work? And we'll have a couple of barn-raising weekends where we're asking people to come in and do projects, help us get things done. So if you've got skills, let us know what they are because we're going to be asking you to come in and do some projects with people. It'll be fun. It's not going to go on too long, but it's going to be fun time of doing things. And again, that's going to save us money, and it's going to get it done well because it'll all be done under the watchful eye of Mario. But the bottom line is, is that there does come a time at which I just want to say something. Do you ever want to drive up to this campus and be able to say, wow, it looks good. I'm proud to have this friend I'm bringing here see what this is. And I had a part of that. I put my sweat into it and I put my equity into it. I helped make this thing something that I love, I'm proud of. You can't make a, second, you can't make a first impression. I want the first impression. I want the thing. You know that this impacts when people see something that isn't up to speed, it communicates something. That's not who this church is at all. To the contrary. We do a super good job with people all the way through. We need to be communicating that all the way through. So that's what we're doing today. I think, I'm, I think I'm good enough to move on here. So we're going to do something. We're going to pray, and then we're going to go for a little tour. And we're literally going to walk outside, and I'm going to show you some things outside. And then we're going to walk inside, and we're going to show you some things inside. 
And that whole thing is only going to take us 10, 15 minutes. So we're not going to be out there that long. And then I've got some really cool things after we get back in here to show you from the Lord. Okay? But do, we, do you get what's going on? Who's our prayer today? Oh, okay. See, when I talk about reset and I talk about, I talk about God doing a new thing, that's him and her, but that's Joel and Hannah. This is a new thing that God's doing in this church. This is an outstanding man who is finding the Lord deeper and deeper, and he is putting his feet where his heart is, and he's making a huge difference around here. Perfect person to pray for this time. Would you lift up the sermon as it is, and would you lift up another church? Father God, uh, just pray a huge uh, appreciation for the transparency of this church, Lord. And, and others may have experienced something different, but growing up, that's, that's not something we saw or were really involved in, in in the different churches that we attended. And I think that says a lot to the, the nature of the body and the family and the integrity uh, of the operation of the, of the church building and the, the building building God. And I just, I just think it's amazing what this body has done and what you do to take it and multiply it Thank in you, this Jesus. community in a way that uh, is, is just miraculous, realistically speaking, um, because any, any of us as individuals wouldn't have the same power that you do to transform the building the way that you do and, and finances the way that you do and the community the way that you do. And we just continue to pray um, that we are the good stewards of that, Father God, um, that, that we hear you and that we're just hearing you clearly, Father God, without a filter and then doing what you've asked us to do with, you, with that, with this building, with this responsibility in the community, uh, with what you've blessed us with um, to bless others, Father God, and, and that you could then multiply it. And so just lift up this church and this body to do your work, Father God, and then the churches on the entire east side, Father, uh, to do that work in this larger community, in this area um, that is changing and growing rapidly and demographically. And, and you're bringing all these people here, Lord, who maybe even for the first time have an opportunity to meet you Amen. Um, and engage with you. And we just lift up all the churches on the east side, Father, that they would hear you and act in the, in the way that you asked to create that opportunity so you, you can reach and that you can multiply in a way that none of us Thank you, Lord. on our own ever could. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Two scriptures I want ringing in your ears as we go on our little walk. This is the biblical basis. Joash is a king several years after the kings have started in Israel. The temple has fallen into disrepair. So he instructed the priests, take the money that's brought in the temple of God for holy offerings, both mandatory offerings and free will, and keeping a careful anointing or counting, use them to renovate the temple wherever it's fallen into despair. Here's what I want to point out in this renovation. He says mandatory offerings. There's a difference between offerings and tithes. There is. A tithe is 10% of your income that is given to the regular storehouse that you get fed from. That's what a tithe is. 
and you, that's 10%. It's not yours to decide what to do with. You give it to the storehouse where you get fed. And then there to do with it, it's between them and God what they do with it. But the bottom line is, is we do that very openly and transparently. Everybody knows we're very careful about things. But the bottom line is, is that's what we do and that's a tithe. Then there's a thing called an offering. The 10% is not really under your control. That's just what you do. But then the Holy Spirit moves you to do certain things, to give offerings. These mandatory offerings here, that's not a tithe and an offering. This is what we've been doing. Have you noticed that in soap, we're right here. So God has been orchestrating this on many levels. But right now we're learning in the part of the Bible that we're in about the offerings. And these are the, these are the offerings that are being made by people from how the Lord has led them to do it. They may have committed some sin and they want to be forgiven or they may have some desire or they may want to just thank God and give a wave offering. They may want to do all kinds of things. And they're talking about all their offerings. That's what it's talking about. So this is offerings that he's talking about. He's saying, use those offerings like we will to make a difference in the temple. But here's one too. This is a long time after the other guy. In the 18th year of his reign, Josiah appointed people to repair the temple of the Lord his God. They gave the money that had been collected by the Levites who served as gatekeepers at the temple of God. In other words, he sent out a call and said, we're gonna repair the temple. People came in and gave the Levites priests, gave the Levites money. So they collected by the Levites who served as the gatekeepers in the temple of God. The gifts were brought by the people from Manasseh, Ephraim, and from all the remnant of Israel, as well as from Judah, Benjamin, and the people of Jerusalem. He entrusted the money to the men assigned to supervise the restoration of the Lord's temple. This is what we're doing. We're doing a call like that, and I believe it's for you to discern, because I say it's true doesn't make it true. I propose to you what I believe the Lord is saying and asking, and then you, as good Bereans, search your heart, search the word, figure out, is this true? And if it is, respond, right? So come with me on a tour. We're going out these doors, and we're going right out front. It's not, it's not long to walk, but please, everybody come. anyway. Uh, actually, I'll hold it this way. Can you see it? I'm not seeing it on the screen. Oh, you haven't done it yet. Okay, cool. I can hear myself now, so that's a, that's a plus. The challenge is going to be whenever I'm like live streaming like this and I have like selfie cam, I have a tendency to just say whatever I think. I'm so sorry. It was live, right? <laughs> I'm live streaming right now. To the stream. So millennial.
we were out here one time they would lock their keys in the car and they were flying right out here. And the, the game was you couldn't touch the ground. If you touched the ground it became thick. So like that was lava. So you had to bounce around the thing. Now I just want to say something. I was just picturing the ER visit that we were about to take. <laughs> but we played it for like an hour and a half. It was a blast. <laughs> I know, I was thinking. Okay, that looks like, can you all hear me well enough? I can project. Okay? Alright, I just want you to do something. First of all, when we get done, not all of those trees, but a lot of those trees actually won't be here anymore. Uh, sorry. Uh, but they'll be going down and there'll be a memory care facility over here, which is great for our community. Uh, but those trees are going away, and everybody looking at the building will be seeing something very different than they see right now, which is trees. Yeah. They'll be seeing the actual building. Now, we did just paint, the, or we're in the process of painting these things. <laughs> 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 we're trying. But the point is, is there used to be a deck out here. And the deck, ignore me. we would travel, okay, thank you. This is streaming, what we're doing out here. Mm -hmm. So the deck was here, but it was wooden. It blocked the light from the toddlers, which seemed like a very bad idea. And it was just kind of wooden and rotten. I mean, it was, you know, a deck. And so we pulled that off of there, but it never looked good. <laughs> it just made it look old, right? Well, Mario has gotten together with people that have come up with a way of making that look good, of making it look nice. Okay, so we're gonna do that. That's just an impression, a first impression as people come in. This parking lot, which is all chewed up and everything else, is going to be changed a ton at the developer's expense mostly, which is an incredible thing and that won't be on us at all. But again, looking at this, you see that where the rain comes down and so we got that. That looks so nice, doesn't it? I mean, that's just totally Bellevue. Every time I see that, I think that's really nice. Uh, <laughs> you see over here where we placed where the deck was with two by fours. Okay, that's not a big thing, but it's a thing. Do you see the railings over here that are two by fours? The the bench here is rotting out, and and so we're gonna fix that. The canopy here is still got. If you look closely, please don't. But if you look closely, it has old logos and things still shining through it and showing through it. So we're going to fix that. You can't really see it too well because the tree still got some leaves on it. But up here on the um, where the shingles are, they were repaired to about two thirds. So there's new sh there's new shingles and then there's old shingles, and it just. There's a thing called a soffit, which if you went around the back of the building, you'd see. You see underneath the shingles, that's a soffit. Am I right, Mario? That's what I'm calling yeah, it right now. That's a soffit. Yeah, yeah. So all of that, that was built in a way that was never ventilated properly. So the paint is always peeling off of it. It looks terrible. And frankly, it's dry rotting. It's not dry, it's but rotting, that stuff up there. So we're fixing that, okay? So you get the drift, but these are all aesthetic things from right here, okay? And then you see like that metal conduit. We're just, like I say, when you drive up to this, it'll look like, oh, that's a good looking building. Do not let me oversell this. You're not gonna walk up and say, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. <laughs> that won't happen. Okay? Are we clear? All right. But you will, you will drive up to it and you'll say, that looks good. That looks like a building that belongs in Bellevue. 
and like people know how to take care of it. Yeah. So now what we're gonna do is follow me in, and when you go in, I need you to do this. Look at the railings. See, when you come here all the time, you know, look at that stuff. You know when you look at it, when you're bringing a friend and you're going, geez, those stairs look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're coming, you know what we do. You don't care about that, right? But your guests do. People that come here do. It's not just us, it's people that come here for all the other tenants that we have. And they see that and it communicates something about who we are. So I want you to look at the railings. I want you to look at the carpets. I want you to look at the ceiling tiles. Because all of that we're gonna fix. So follow me in the lobby, okay? <laughs> you said ceiling tile, I almost pointed the camera up in the air. <laughs> So now it's very meta because it's a stream of the stream. It's gonna implode on itself. Yeah. And they show my balls all the way in. Perfect. That's how we roll. Are you gonna you're gonna stand right here? Come on in, come on, just keep coming in. That's what the inside of my nose looks like. That's right. Now let me show you a couple things here, okay? Uh, first of all, does anybody else just hate ceiling tiles ever? Like always? I don't think we can beat that. We're trying to figure out a way to beat it so that we don't have discolored ceiling tiles and all. But we're going to do something that's going to help it. But I just want you to, to look around in here for a second. Um, we have re-carpeted this hallway, this lobby, I think three times now since we've been here. I think it's been three different times, right? At least. And we get about six months before it just looks terrible. Seriously, we put a new carpet, it costs us $50,000 to do it. And then it ends up just looking bad in just a few months. So, and thank you for those who did the last one of these, by the way. It was a bunch of people in the church that took it upon themselves to just do this. And that was really cool. But the bottom line is, you just can't get it to last. So here's what we've done. We told Mario, go out and find this flooring that'll last for five years and look great after five years. So he's found some that we can put in. It won't be carpet, it'll be another flooring surface. And it'll look great for a long time to come. We can fix it and do all that kind of stuff and it won't, won't fade and you know, we did these tiles and then we couldn't replace the tiles because they were all dirty and then the clean one looked bad and looked a little bit like these ceiling tiles. We put a new ceiling tile in and you're going, what's wrong with the other ones now? <laughs> See what I mean? That pole right there. That's, that's not a big thing, but we can make that look better. In this room right here, the chapel, which we can't go into, there are a number of things that just aren't what they could and should be. They've not been... You get the point. I'm assuming that you've all used the bathrooms at some point in time. <laughs> I don't know about you, but bathrooms are important. <laughs> when I walk into a facility, the number one thing I don't want to find dirty and not in good shape is a bathroom. Amen. Right? I mean, I can put up with a lot, but when you get me into a bad bathroom, I'm not comfortable anymore. We don't have good bathrooms. 
<laughs> you coordinate that. But, so you get the deal. So, like I say, the flooring goes. There's going to be, we're going to fix some stuff in the office that, again, does not look good. Bathrooms, this kind of stuff. So we're going to head back into the auditorium now. When you go in, they're going to give you a brochure. Do me a favor. Most people say, oh, I don't need that. Humor me. Take one. Because we're going to be looking at it in a second. Go ahead, what? Nothing. You sure? Oh, I promise. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Are go ahead. the other churches being part of this? Because they're using the building a lot. Yes. Yeah. Here's what happened on that. This is something we carefully prayed about and worked through. We just raised the rate on all of the tenants. And it had been a long time coming, so we just hit them with a fairly sizable increase. And we didn't feel that we could go to them on this. It just didn't, it, it just felt like, and so that you know, the last three projects we've done in here, we have done that. So we got probably, we got about fifteen dollars to $20,000 worth of stuff from Light to the World, or Light, yeah, Light to the World. Yeah. To the world. Just as one example. So they help us pay for the projector. They help us pay for the <coughs> lights that we did. They help us pay for a whole bunch of things. But like I say, we're always doing stuff. And we just felt like at this point in time, I couldn't get to a place to where, having just raised the rates, I felt like it was okay. I just couldn't get to a piece on that. So usually, usually we do. But that doesn't mean they have more money. You have to remember where they come from. Okay? So I'm not saying that they're poor, but... but Hispanic Church is not wealthy. I mean, they're, they're, they're really working on a population that's, many of them are underground, you know? So they're not, they don't have a lot of money. Uh, so, and like I say, that's one of the things that we facilitate, that they can spread the gospel. So with that, grab a brochure, and then go grab a seat, and we're gonna look at it, and then I'm gonna do some other cool things, okay? By the way, there's little goodies for you, if you wanna get a little goodie, okay? You, you worked so hard, you wanted to give you cards. <laughs> All right, stream, we're going back to live. And um, in two Hi. And grab a seat. 
Where are Wanda? Oh, I got it. Never mind. Okay. Uh, you guys that are just sitting back there chatting, do me a favor and come and sit down. <laughs> Pull this out if you would. Okay, you see that? There's a thing tacked in there. Pull that out. All right. By the way, I want you to notice what we did and we thought about this because we think about everything. Uh, you will not need this envelope with this stamp. So if you want to return the stamp to us, feel free. But we didn't put the stamp on the envelope, which would have made it unusable. We gave it to you in a way that you could use it for something else if you wanted it, okay? So we're trying not to even waste 15 cents on a stamp. That may be a little too anal retentive, but that's how anal retentive we are. Hey, you guys that are sitting back there and talking, please come on up. Let's have a, get, get, let's get a seat. Okay, so take this out of your beautiful blue envelope there. And I want you to see the front of it. Ah, uh, ooh, ah, uh, something like that. All right, now come to the inside and I want you to turn to this panel right here. You guys click one more for me, thanks. Okay, all right. You see this panel right here? How much will it cost? I'm just gonna go through some of these things because I want you to see after, after literally months of full press work, this is the lowest bids that we've got on these jobs that we wanna do. So I'm just gonna start at the top, fix the exterior west facing wall, that's where we started. Panels, etc. that's 18,000. Replace the plastic and wooden awning over the infant entry, that was that beautiful rain thing that we had out there. Okay, replace and repaint the soffits as we talked about. Repair and replace the mansards, another 26. Replace the rotting wooden bench, we can do that pretty cheap. Replace the two by four railings, we can do that. Not so cheap, it turns out it's very expensive to put in good railings out there, but the kids hang off of them and so we really don't wanna hurt a kid. Replace the filling door in the garden shed and paint. Uh, repaint the existing canopy frames. Fix the ex external doors for functionality and security. If you've ever worked our doors, you know that they're falling apart. Uh, clean out the sunken flower bed. We do landscaping, stained glass window. There's a couple that are broken in the thing here that we're gonna fix. Brick enclosure for the garbage dumpsters, which just sit out there. And we're gonna enclose them so that they don't, you don't walk, drive into the parking lot and see big trash dumpsters. Okay, um, uh, repaint the sanctuary windows. Those windows up there, you can look at them and they're kind of falling apart. Now that's a small thing, but I just want you to show you the kinds of things that we're doing. So, and by the way, let me say something. On your offering card, you don't have to make an offering, but on your offering card, if you see something that you think needs to be done and it's not on this list, or later on, if you're coming into the church, you go, hey, you need to fix that, give us what that is. Because obviously we're gonna do everything that we can, okay? All right. Uh, replace the broken windows. We've got a couple of those. Now, interior fixes. The floor coverings, I was talking about that. The ceilings, tiling. The chapel, paint and flooring. Repair the men's and women's bathrooms. That's a big tag. Replace the interior stair railing. Uh, uh, wall repair for the outside elevator, the conference rooms, and so on. 
uh, fix the center post, toddler nursery, There's, they need some things, uh, classrooms, uh, the flooring, the base, and the walls are all just dinged up after years of heavy use, okay? Uh, replace the lights and the gels. We're doing, we're moving from these lights, which burn out constantly and cost a lot to get back up there, to buy and get back up there. If you do LEDs, they just don't burn out, okay? So that saves us energy and it saves us cost, okay? Um, projector, we already did this one. And like, as I said to you, the, a light to the world church helped us with that very significantly. Um, uh, office flooring, replace door frames. As you walk around here, all of the door frames are just, they're literally 40 years old and they've never really been fixed. So we're gonna fix and replace and do whatever we gotta do to make them look nice. Okay, so that's the list that we've got right now. There are a few other items on there. You will add other items, I hope. Now, let me just go over to here. And I'm gonna read this to you. I know you can read, but I, I, want, I think that the Lord is communicating what this is about here. What is this project about? As you know, the Lord has led Lake Sam to reset our foundations. While this primarily means resetting our theology and worship of God, it also means practical things like our building. As I prayed about what he would have us do about our house, the Lord quickened to me that in the Old Testament, tithes were used to pay for the priests and the normal upkeep of the building, which we do, while the major repairs and upgrades were funded through offerings. In fact, in a nice confirmation of that by the Lord, our soap readings right now, and I wrote this, that was a few weeks ago, uh, are about the tabernacle. Then Moses said to the whole community of Israel, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering for the Lord. Let those with generous hearts present gifts to the Lord. The business side of our building, which brings in a significant net income to our ministries, is already scheduled for major upgrades paid for by the property sale. Things like the roof, which will cost $120,000, to several other expensive projects, including remodeling the downstairs, which will increase our income by $108,000 a year, are completely paid for by the business side of the building. Praise God. That's huge. I just have never been in a church where anything like this dynamic takes place. You know, this is used, anyway. Anyway, but there is also a church side of the building. And, as, and we as a family need to own that. The Lord wants the building to be carried by human hands, just like the ark of God. I'm telling you, when I wrote that, that was a revelation to me. Do you know what that means? God said, most people in carrying the ark would have put it on the back of a donkey or some other beast of burden because it was heavy. God put railings on it and had pole, or put rings on it and had poles go through it. And he made it clear he always wanted the ark, which was him, to be carried by human hands, not anything else. And you remember there's the one story where they didn't carry it rightly. They were carrying it on the back. The donkey stumbles. A guy reaches up to steady it, which seems like a good thing to do. And he instantly dies in his presence because they're not doing things the way that God wants. And so the bottom line is, is I, I really believe that God wants us to carry our church with our hands, with our heart. So with that, um, this makes it an act of thanksgiving and worship. That's what I feel like this is. I feel like it's an act of saying, thank you for this incredible asset that you've given us. Thank you for how we get to use it. I wanna worship you now. I want to worship you in my care of it. This is what Fixer Upper is all about. 
It is, uh, it is us stewarding this incredible gift he has given us through an offering to fix up the sanctuary, the chapel, the lobby, the bathrooms, the awnings, the exterior, and so much more. Basically, those areas that make a first impression on us and our guests on a Sunday morning. We won't just be raising treasure, but time and talents too. Our own Mario Vallada, a highly skilled contractor, not unlike Bezalel in Exodus. I really believe that he's operating under an anointing. And we talked about that a few weeks ago is not only managing the whole project, but it will be using teams of Lake Sammers to do much of the work. We do love to stretch every dollar. What a great way to bring Reset home to each of our hearts in a tangible, physical, this world way. Especially since we have so much to do to get things to where they need to be. Mario has put enormous time and energy into getting every bit as low as possible, and yet it will still cost us over 200,000. But this is not a problem, it's an opportunity. How great will it feel to drive up to our new home after pouring in time, treasure, and talent? How great will it feel to bring a friend? This sense of solidness and fulfillment for a hard job well done of being and doing all that God has led in a way that produces joy and thanksgiving. This is the very heart God is building in us through reset. I really believe something. This is a, this is a time where we're talking about a physical thing. And our response to it is going to say an enormous about how God is going to respond in the Spirit. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, let me show you. By the way, one thing I do need to mention, and this is particularly because some of this went out to people earlier. You'll see over here it talks about that we, we have sent to some people in our body to do a matching grant. There's a person who I sent this to who called me and they, or they emailed me and they said, I have a reservation about what you're doing there. And while I know in my heart I wasn't doing anything that was untoward at all, I know, I know my heart, and I think you do too, but there was something about what they said that hit me immediately, and I just went, I need to pray about it and make sure, but I just went, you know, we're not going to do that matching thing, because there is something, I just think we need to be ready to step up. We just need to be ready to, you know, just do the thing, right, to embrace it to own it fully, not to do anything else, just to own it straightforward and straight up. So to anybody who gave with hoping it to be a matching, I apologize. I didn't have any way of getting back to you. Usually I don't know who gives what. Uh, that's kind of a way I prefer to do things. Uh, but with that in mind, I want to thank that person who got back to me. That's how Lake Sam works. We are a family. We communicate. They communicated something I felt was the Lord, and I've responded. Okay, that's what we do. Now, where we were was... What happens when we do things in the physical? What happens? Watch. Moses said to the whole community of Israel, this was literally where we were a few weeks ago. This is what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering of the Lord, for the Lord. Let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet thread, fine linen, goat hair for the cloth. And they, now here's what happened. Here's how the people responded. The people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning until all the craftsmen who were doing all the work for the sanctuary came one by one from the work they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than is needed for the construction of the work the Lord has commanded to be done. And so Moses gave an order. They sent a proclamation throughout the camp. Let no man or woman make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. So the people stopped. The materials were sufficient for them to do all the work. There was more than enough. Lord Jesus, in your holy and precious name, let that be our experience. 
I'm asking you, let people's hearts cheerfully, not under compulsion, not under manipulation, but cheerfully as led by you and as provided by you, let them cheerfully give to the point that in Jesus' name we say, don't give anymore. (laughs) We got it. He's got it. He's done it. But now I want to show you what happens when we do that. So at last Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could no longer enter the tabernacle because the cloud had settled down over it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Is that what you want here? Because I can tell you that's what I want here. And I believe that there are things that the Lord does on a practical way to say, where is your heart really? And when people respond cheerfully, not under compulsion, not under manipulation, but honestly, as led by the Lord, when they say, yes, Lord, to whatever he's leading, when people say that with fullness, I think the Lord goes, oh man, if you're going to do that, just watch what I'm going to do. And then you become a church that looks like this. When the cloud had lifted from the tabernacle, the people of Israel were, would set out on their journey following it. Do you see this? When the Holy Spirit would lift and move, the people would follow. But if the cloud did not rise, they remained where they were until it lifted. The cloud of the Lord hovered over the tabernacle during the day and at night, fire glowed inside of the cloud so the whole family of Israel could see it. This continued throughout all their journeys. I want Lake Sam to be led by the Holy Spirit. If what we are doing right now is led by the Holy Spirit, I want us to respond. If it is not, lovingly, don't give. If you don't believe it's the Lord, don't give. If it is the Lord, give. And fully. Period. Okay? I'm making the case. You make your decisions. But let me just show you one other. Then King David turned to the entire assembly and said, the work ahead is enormous. This is for the temple. Using every resource at my command, I've gathered as much as I could for the building of the temple, my God. And I believe something. When I read that heart, I believe the Lord was telling me, the way you've run the building is that. You've done a good job. And he was talking to me. That doesn't mean the whole church hasn't been involved in it. All that, but I think he was saying, you've done a good job. And you've marshaled incredible resources for the building, which are being used for the kingdom. And this is a good thing. But there's another thing. When Julie and I were praying about what to do for this, there was, a, there was an amount that we could have done that was an amount that we could do. And something came to my heart. David said, I will not present offerings that have cost me nothing. And I just, I said that to her. I said, I just don't want to give what doesn't hurt. I'm not trying to hurt. I'm just trying to give as he would lead, not above that. But I want to give fully and cheerfully and joyfully and richly. I want to give in the way that I hope people will give. I want to be that person. And I can tell you, that's what we're doing. With that in mind, I want you to see what David then says. Now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? Then the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals, the captains of the army, the king's administrative officers, all gave willingly. 
the construction of the temple of God, they gave about 188 tons of gold. That would be a nice offering. <laughs> 10,000 gold coins would be fine. 370 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, 3750 tons of iron. They contributed numerous precious stones. They'd given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And King David was filled with joy. And then what happened? Well, they built the temple and the trumpeters and the singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied, this is the opening of the temple. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices and they praised the Lord with these words, He is good, His faithful love endures forever. And at that moment, they had given in worship. And at that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to pray the prayer that David prayed. Actually, Solomon. Actually, David. I can't remember. <laughs> Solomon built it, so it has to be Solomon. But, there's a, but it's different than that somehow in here. But anyway. Here's what I want you to do. As I pray this prayer, we're going to take some time afterwards. If we get just a little instrumental, just, just something light, not, not, not right now, but in a second, after I get done with the prayer part. But here's what I'm asking you to do. Now listen carefully, because this is different than you've ever heard it before, I think. How many people have ever had the Lord move on them to do something, and you intended to do it? And then you got home, and... You know, you thought about this and you thought about that and all of a sudden you got to a place to where you figured out how whatever it was that the Lord led you in the moment couldn't possibly be right and so you reduced it. Still gave, but you reduced it. I think I've got a brilliant way because I think it came from the Lord of coming against that spirit that would distract us and take us off message. I'm asking you that before you leave today, you write down on the offering card what you think the Lord led. And then I'm not going to hold you accountable to it. But I'm asking you to respond. Write it down. When the basket comes by, put the offering card in the card today. And then go home and pray. And ask the Lord, did I do the right thing? And if you really believe you didn't, change it. No harm, no foul. I don't care. You're okay. You understand what I'm saying? We'll give us a week, let's say, for you to make a change. And then we'll count up what we, what we got and we'll figure out what we can do with what we got. Does that sound reasonable? I'm really trying to beat this thing. This literally happened to me the other day. Christina Anderson was up here and I went, man, we need to up our, our gift to her. We need to up our offering to Christina. And then I got home and there was a few problems, and I went, I don't think we can do that. And I'm still praying about what I'm supposed to do. I'm, still, I'm jammed up in it in my heart. I wish I'd have just given it. <laughs> I think I'd feel a lot better about everything right now. I'm going to have, uh, somebody walked in here just what, two seconds ago. Dee, would you come up? Can I get a microphone? Dee just told me, because she got one of the early letters, and Dee just told me something that I want you to tell everybody what you told me. 
This is Dee Woodbury. Am I on? Oh, yeah. Um, when we got the letter, uh, we had just completed three years of amended returns and had to adjust what we were doing in 2018. And all of my cash was gone, and I'm thinking, how can this happen? And so I asked God if he would provide the money. And in two days, we got a, a letter from our... You know, we're retired so that we had to... They have to distribute the 401ks so much each year. And we got a check. <laughs> Let's let that dynamic work. Amen. Right? Amen. So I'm going to pray... Close your eyes and receive the prayer that was prayed at the temple. But then we're going to go into a time where we're going to give you about five, six, seven minutes to talk with your spouse or just pray or do whatever and fill out the card and then we're going to end. Okay? So here comes the prayer. It was David. Thank you, God. I thought it was. Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. Here's the prayer. Listen to it and hear it as me praying for us right now, because that's what it is. O oh Lord, the God of our ancestors, Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O oh Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O oh Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. Oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we can give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. We are here only for a moment, visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow gone so soon without a trace. Oh Lord, our God, even this material we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name comes from you. It all belongs to you. I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know I have done all of this with good motives, and I have watched over your people, over, offer their gifts willingly and joyously. Oh, Lord, the God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, Israel, make your people always want to obey you. See to it that our love for you never changes. Give us the wholehearted desire to obey all your commands, laws, decrees, to do everything necessary to build this temple for which we have made these preparations. Thank you, Lord. Just, just pray amongst yourselves. Do whatever the Lord would lead you to do. Oh, by the way, you can do it in a one-time gift, or you can say on your response card, it's right here, you can say, I'd like to spread that out over the next year. Okay? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you,
You need a little more time. I want to see how many people do. Okay. We're going to take just a couple minutes in. About 90 seconds. We're taking our tithe and our offering. The tithe, please don't give in your offering what's meant for the tithe because then we can't pay anybody. <laughs> so we're gonna do a regular offering that is or a regular giving, which is tithe. But then I want you to put this in there. But let me say something. If you are comfortable that you got the Lord's heart here and you wanna just seal it right now, then just go to your app right now and just put it in there. I mean, be done with it, right? If you're not comfortable with that, it's right on the right in our app. You do, as soon as you go to the app, it'll say Fixer Upper. You just click on it, it's gonna give you everything, but just go to Give. And when you go to Give, just hit the little thing, and it'll go, you can scroll it down, it'll scroll right to Fixer Upper. Just click that, put in how much. You can say recurring gift for 12 times or one-time gift or whatever, you can do it right now. So that's, right, that's a great way to do it. If you're not there yet, that's fine. But you know what your commitment is, and I'm asking, literally, even if it's nothing, it's okay. But I'm asking you to put this in the thing. Just let us know. We need to be able to get some sense. Yes, Sandy? Do you have a capability of taking stock? Yes. Contact the office, right. Write Carol, Carol M at lakesam.org or just write the office or write me and I will forward it to whomever. Okay, yes. Fixer Upper. Okay, so it's in the app. It's on the website. You can do it right now. You also can give a second gift, which is your offering, which a lot of people do that at this point in time, or you can put a check in the baskets that are about to come around. I want to leave you with this. Thank you. I find myself saying that more and more and more about this church. Thank you. I think the people that are here right now, you've undertaken a real thing. You've made a real decision. You know what's going on. You've been at these last sermons. You know what the Lord's doing here. It's a remarkable thing. God's doing something. And I want to say he's doing that because you guys are saying yes and amen to it. That's what's happening here. It's not just coming out of the blue. We're, we're proposing it. People are responding to it. And the Lord's saying, let me inhabit that. So let him inhabit your desire to have him inhabit. Lord, in Jesus' holy and precious name, thank you. Praise you. 
I want to thank you for the new people that are here today. And don't feel any need to do anything if you're just visiting today. But I want to thank you for the people that are here because you're bringing a lot of new people in. And I want to ask you in Jesus' holy and precious name that you would build the church that you want here because we're all aware that it's going to be quite different than the church that was here. And we look forward with thanksgiving and with expectation, with hope, and with praise. So in Jesus' holy and precious name, Lord God, receive from our hands our tithes and receive from our hands our offering. In Jesus' holy and precious name. Thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I'm saying I needed you to wait. Sorry, go. I thought you were telling me. Sing like never before. Oh my soul, I'll worship your holy these two cups we're going to seal this whole moment right now in our hearts take this bottom cup in which is the life where we make our own choices and so break our lives put your finger in there and break it and then lift it up and look right through that cup to Christ on the cross who heals every broken part who heals us utterly and completely and say in Jesus' holy and precious name, God, heal me. Heal me. Heal me. In Jesus' name, take together. Now in Jesus' name, God, we lift up this cup in which is the life that you have for us. The life is in the blood. We take this cup to say, let the life that you have for me become completely the life that I live. Say that as you take together. <laughs> 